Hello, sisters, and welcome back to another episode here on the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, and today I am back with my amazing and handsome and incredible husband, Robert Robertson. And today we are bringing you a special episode of Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving and thankfulness for all of the difficult seasons and circumstances in life. We're going to be sharing with you guys five different, maybe six different experiences in life that were really tough seasons or tough circumstances that were something God had walked us through with him, to him, and some scriptures that really back up this idea of just being thankful in all seasons, counting it all joy in him, and remembering that his ways are not our ways. Are you overwhelmed by your never-ending to-do list? Are you tired of your schedule running you? Do you struggle to find balance or harmony between mom life and everything else that you have on your heart and on your plate? If you're here, you're likely a busy mama wearing multiple hats, the most important of which being child of God and mom simultaneously. You desire to live more intentionally, striving to be a good steward of all the gifts that God has given you and you want more productively peaceful days. Welcome to the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, Jesus freak, mom blessed by adoption, wife, wonderluster, and your intentional living and biblical mindset coach. On this podcast, you will find abundant motherhood solutions that will set you free from the chaos, overwhelm, that never-ending to-do list, and help you create a schedule that actually works for you and your family. My mission is to help busy mamas just like you establish faithful foundations, live from purposeful priorities, and master your motherhood mindset. If you're here, you're ready to say yes to intentional, productive, and peaceful days in Jesus. So grab your cold brew and your planner or strap those kiddos into the car seat and let's jump into today's episode. specialist guest, Robbie Robertson. Hello. And we today are first want to say happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) We are here with an episode about thankfulness, but a little bit different because we're going to be talking about thankfulness for all the difficult seasons and circumstances that we've had in life that at the end of it all, we've realized just how good those things were for us, how much goodness that God had for us in those seasons. And Robbie had even stood up and quoted in church the other day as we were going around saying our thankfulness that he was thankful for all the plans that God didn't allow and all of his prayers that God didn't answer because it's what led us to exactly where we are today. And it's pretty awesome. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. Good one. <laughs> and what verse is that? James 1, 2. James 1, 2. Awesome. We are going to be sharing some personal stories here about these seasons of difficulties and difficult circumstances that we're now thankful for. And also sharing some scripture verses that just kind of back up this idea that, well, I guess we can share one of them right off the bat, that um, 
God's ways are higher than our ways. Like his thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are his ways our ways, declares the Lord, is what Isaiah 55, 8 says. So keeping that in mind, we'll share some some testimony and stories with you guys. And then we'll share a little bit more scripture towards the end of this. So Robbie, do you want to take it away? What are you thankful for that was really tough and ugly and not so comfortable at the time? I am definitely thankful for uh, the first piece of property that I ever bought, first long-term investment that I made, which was supposed to fortify our finances and give our family a firm foundation with which to set upon, uh, and ended up being a condo that did not sell, not once, but did not sell two times. And when I finally did sell it, we lost, what, Mm $40,000? It was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20% of its value, a little more than that, actually. It was was kind of crushing. That was a really difficult defeat. But it led to uh, our plans changing and bringing us back to Alaska. A little backstory. When I was in the Air Force, I got out in 2014. I had a job lined up in at, in Cocoa Beach, Florida, at Patrick Air Force Base. I was going to be an E-7, a master sergeant, working in a rescue squadron that picked up astronauts that came back into orbit. Like, how cool of a job is that? Pretty cool. And we're living on the Atlantic coast of Florida, which, yeah, it may be prone to hurricanes, but it's also prone to, like, really nice weather. And all that got completely dashed when this condo didn't sell, and we had to change everything. I ended up getting a job and into a reserve unit back up in Alaska. We ended up moving back to our condo because it just would not sell. And, oh, I mean, <laughs> there's a whole story behind that. But, yeah, we got back in. It was totally trashed. And it was it was a difficult, difficult season. But we're in Alaska eight and a half years later still. Mm-hmm. God brought us back here for a big reason. And um, we're going to get more into that. But man, like our family wouldn't be what it is today without that first hitch in our giddy up, if you will. Yeah. Many times I question whether we would even live right now in relationship with the Lord had we not gone through that circumstance. Because like you said, it's what brought us to Alaska, it being trashed and needing to fix it up and having family living with us and all these other things is what drove us to rent a place out of town. And that ended up being a mile away from this church that we kept driving by. And it was, it was that amongst so many other difficult circumstances in life at the time that I think really drove me into seeking more and finding Jesus and then us going into that church. And so, yeah, I, I'm super grateful. The condo itself ended up being a major blessing to missionaries coming back after serving it a did. long time in Africa and just being able to have that respite and re- reprieve that their their hearts and souls were needing so deeply. And so God used it in, in so many incredible ways to grow his kingdom and and serve his kingdom. And so, yeah, something that was very, very difficult season brought many tears to my eyes, many struggles, probably many fights between us, fights between extended family. It was used for God's glory for sure. And um, going on to the next thing on our list, something that we are thankful for that most people probably wouldn't be. And I know we weren't through the process um, is infertility. Like even still today, we do not have any biological children of our own. It's very unlikely that it will happen um, without medical intervention unless God wills it. You know, God can do whatever he wants. And and I believe that, but I've stopped clinging to, um, I guess, earthly hope or hope um, in this world per se. But it's been 
what, 13, almost 14 years that we've been married, over 14 years that we've been together. And um, no biological children, despite our desires. And um, truly, I think it's been a blessing from God. Sometimes I wonder if I'd be one of those people that was just like terrible at being pregnant and just sick all the time and like gained a ton of weight and... (laughs) Bed rest the last eight months. Super grouchy. And then, you know, who knows? I could have had some kind of traumatic experience in labor and delivery, but this is all speculation. What I do know is that we have two of the most amazing boys in the world, and we wouldn't have them if it wasn't for that infertility journey. That was one key component along the way. Had we had our own biological children, you probably would have had a much more difficult time convincing me to adopt kids. Uh, I'm just going to be fully transparent there. Uh, we wouldn't have adopted the kids that we ended up getting, though. It, it, the whole equation would have played out differently, and I think it kind of worked out for the very best. It definitely worked out for the way that God had it planned. Right. Yeah, I had a difficult enough time convincing you not having biological children. I don't think you ever would have gone for adoption or considered foster care, anything had you had biological children. And then also I do want to point out here, had we had biological children when I wanted them, when we decided the time was finally right, like how much trauma did I have to like heal from? Again, we didn't know the Lord. Like I was still stuck in addiction. I think I was drinking every day. In you were still active duty in the military, like just so many. My first many... spouse. My first, what? Oh, the military. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So She's yeah. She's a jealous bride. <laughs> She's a jealous bride, that military. So um, yeah, like we, we would not have been good parents. Not even a little like, bit. I mean, we would have kept our kids alive and fed and they would have had a lot of experiences because we still are that like we still are those people but they probably would have had a lot of traumatic experience so, i should not be laughing about that. similar to us they would have crawled across the finish line into adulthood just to be hit by the freight train of the real world <laughs> right. just like we did right we're in a better spot so moving on from our infertility struggles and coming to adoption do you want to speak about that journey and how it was pretty tough but there's a lot of gratefulness in it Imagine walking to Mordor twice because you forgot the ring the first time. That's what happened along our adoption journey. We did everything correctly. We had planned everything out. We were doing fundraisers galore. Our church body came alongside us. God was moving in big ways uh, along our adoption journey and had everything played out You know the way it does typically in the movies, we would have had... Uh, a different child altogether in March of that year, uh, 2019, instead of all the way into September. And the disruptions, while they were very costly, both emotionally and fiscally, we feel really blessed by it for, honestly, a variety of reasons. The first is we never would have ended up with our first son, uh, exactly who he is. That pile of DNA in the other room that's watching his iPad right now is one of my best little friends. I I love him so much. I can't imagine life without him. And I can't imagine having anybody else as my my eldest son. Um, And a little less kind, the birth mom that we were first paired with was a bit of a handful. And I think that would have been a very challenging 
element in our lives to navigate the the relationship and conversations and trying to keep things healthy with somebody that didn't really have a total grasp on reality where our son's parents are are very down-to-earth people they're very easy to talk to it's just a blessing to know who they are and we never would have met them if everything had gone through the first time yeah it's like it's the first time we met i remember going there and having dinner with them and the conversation was like we had known each other forever like so natural so organic yeah and so we had the one disruption with the mom and then we had a second disruption with identical twin boys that we were mm-hmm. supposed to adopt. Both parents were incarcerated. And so twins would have been a lot. And <laughs> two parents being incarcerated likely for a very, very long time would have been very difficult to navigate as well. And I remember just being wrecked, like emotionally distraught. I was was struggling very deeply after the disruption of the twins. And it was a rugged month. That whole month was just, I I remember it painfully. In hindsight, I'm like embarrassed and like ashamed for the way that I acted. But the Lord knew my heart. The Lord knew what I was going through and he was with me throughout. And he knew that, you know, I kept trying to seek him, but there was just a lot of, a lot of hurt and confusion there But even through that process, even through that journey, like I know now that I can trust him because the first time with the one little boy, we made plans and they were good, but God was like, no. And the second time with the twins, I mean, we had flown across the country with two car seats, suitcases for everything we needed needed for twins. And we were told to go home and all those plans that we made still were just like blah compared to just this, this beautiful and incredible amazing picture and relationship and the plans that the lord made throughout those disruptions that brought us to our first son and then our second adoption journey was completely different because we knew no matter what god had beauty and god had just amazing stuff prepared for us on the other side so it was whether we got a phone call and we were matched and it didn't work out like we just had to trust that god knew what he was doing all throughout and he most certainly did yeah we definitely had our mark six eight moment there where we ended up across the country with just our staff in our hand we didn't have any supplies and somehow made it home with our child and everything that we needed purely on faith yeah Yeah. And it was incredible. Family and just happenstance and all of these crazy things just came together. So another area that we wanted to talk about that was and has been difficult, like we're talking about, come on, almost 15 years of difficulty in this marital relationship we've had together um, that we're just super incredibly thankful for now is just all these different marital struggles, right? We all have them. If you're married, you know, you are called to leave your mother and father and cleave to your spouse as your one flesh. You're called to be in a relationship of intimacy with them as Christ is with the church. You're, you're called to husbands, love your wives and, and wives honor and respect your husbands and, There's just so much into that, yet we live in this vulnerable space with them that they become the people that have access to hurt us the most deeply, sometimes by things that are just not well thought out and sometimes that are are things that are just careless and, and maybe even sometimes things that are intentional. I remember at times wanting to intentionally 
hurt my spouse. His you've feelings. Told me that. <laughs> I wish I could hurt you as badly as you've hurt me. Your exact words. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I think we've all been there, but I, I think we're going to talk more about this later. Like after the new year, we'll go deeper into some of these marital struggles. Um, but I mean, we're, we're talking about, I mean, fighting over finances, fighting over, um, I don't know, chores and responsibilities, fighting over our inability to communicate with each other. Um, we fought over our hopes and dreams, you know, what my career looked like, what your career aspirations looked like, and who had the higher priority. Yeah, and, and fighting over schedules and fighting over whether we're supposed to adopt or not. Fighting over um, all different kinds of things. Deep, deep hurts from infidelity. And I think finances just has been a really huge area um, for us. I remember going back to the very beginning of our relationship. I went to a counselor once and the, he's like, well, how's your communication? And I'm like, oh, it's great. And he's Fantastic. like, how, how's your communication about finances? Oh, we don't talk about that. How's your communication about children or, or family stuff? Oh, we don't talk about that. And it's like, it's great if we just don't talk about it and avoid it. But as soon as we talk about it and avoid it, it always ended up in disagreements and fights and arguments. I mean, in all honesty, your mom has been a really big area and source of fights for us too. just all of this back and forth. And so there's been a lot to say the least. And, um, and if you guys are interested, I know a few of you have reached out to me saying, Oh, but you have this amazing and thoughtful and helpful spouse. And it's like, yeah, now (laughs) sisters, I want you to hear me clearly. It has not always been like that. That was a dirtbag. Just say it. <laughs> it's not always. Um, it's not always going to be amazing either. We probably have more struggles around the corner. But I think as long as we go back to God and his word and remembering the third person in, in the marriage and um, in the relationship, all these things. We've talked about a little bit before on, on past podcast episodes. As long as we keep our focus on God and knowing that ultimately we are not each other's enemy. That we're going to make it through that too. Um, and, and it's all a learning experience. It's all building character in us and, and helping us to become better versions of ourselves. But also I think one of the reasons we're most thankful for is we can now see people in the midst of these struggles and share hope because we too have been there. We too have walked through some really ugly stuff in life and in this marriage together and we've made it through because God, and you can too, if you're in kind of an ick season in your marriage, like you can too. And I'm here to say that not just frivolously, but because I know it's not easy, but it's worth it. I'm actually really thankful that I've had the opportunity to fight for you and for us. Like it, <clears throat> anybody can be in a good re- or in a relationship when things are good, but when you go through the tough seasons of life and it's almost a logical fallacy that your marriage should survive this. Like for all intents and purposes, you should definitely both go your separate ways. I'm, I'm really thankful I had the opportunity to fight for you. And I really am thankful and recognize the times that you fought for me, you know, and, and our own stuff and with each other and figuring out like when to apologize and how to apologize in a way that was really meaningful. Like it, it really brought us back together. I'll be honest, for a long time there, I thought that if I wanted to end our marriage, all I had to do was just start an argument with you and just not back down. And I would have ended it. Because you, darling, are a force of nature. And I love that about you. (laughs) 
Well, thank you. <laughs> Another thing that I think really factored into how we got to where we are, and something I'm actually really thankful for, is all the promotions and job opportunities that I put in for and applied and put in 100% for that I did not get. We are both pretty high-performing people. Um, we don't like to lose, especially when it comes to things like interviews. I mean, I, I'm pretty proud of my resume. Like, the way it looks, the fit and finish of it is, is pretty fantastic. It's bright. It's inviting. It's, um, I think it's impressive. I, I mean, that's why I wrote it. <laughs> With your help, thank you. <laughs> and it's gotten me into a lot of interview rooms, and I've done a lot of interviews and got praised for doing a good job. And then it came out afterwards that there was somebody else that would edge me out for the job, and they got it. And I'm always happy for the person that got it because that person, in my mind, is at least as good as I am. This sounds really narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do a really good job, I, and I, I try to be honest with uh, my, my qualities. But what I've learned is that when I wouldn't get a promotion, I would take a second look at what my life would look like transitioned. What are the demands on my life? What are the constraints? Do I have to live by my phone now because now I'm a salaried manager somewhere and when a problem pops up and it's during my time of the week, it doesn't matter if it's two in the afternoon or two in the morning, it's my responsibility. And that time with you, that time with our kids, that time in Bible study, well now that has to go on pause. Those aren't those aren't burdens that I carry. And I just think that's so liberating and relieving. It, sure, the money would have been nice, the status would have been cool, I probably would have been very good at the jobs, which is something I actually want to speak to real quick. Just because you can do a job and you can do it well doesn't mean that job is for you. Mm. You and I are capable of doing like a lot of stuff it's really, really calling. well. Yeah, it's all my calling. Exactly. <laughs> it's all my calling. Um, but the thing that I want to do is the thing that I'm doing, and I'm pretty good at it. And I'm glad that I didn't give it up for something else. My grandfather had a uh, quote that I always really, it really resonated with me. He was uh, in the Navy. He was a Naval corpsman and he was enlisted. And then he, they called it Mustanging and he became an officer. He was uh, Lieutenant JG when he retired from being, I think like an E6 or an E7. That part doesn't matter. What matters is when he was enlisted and he had his enlisted job, he smiled 29 days a month and frowned for one. When he became an officer, which is effectively being a manager, he frowned for 29 days a month and smiled for one. Meaning the only good thing that came out of that was the paycheck. And he spent the rest of the time just miserable. And that is not how you should be leading your life. And if you find yourself buried in that corner, find a way out of it. That's a corner that God saved me from. Because I was too focused on trying to reach the goal to recognize if it was a goal that I really truly wanted. I think that's great. I love it. And I think what it's really done, all these promotions you didn't get, right? Or jobs you didn't get. I think it's brought just more of a grounded perspective of like God and family. Because in the military, like you're saying, she's a jealous bride. Um, being your first <laughs> wife or whatever, like it is, it's very demanding. And it, it like they are the boss. And I... I admire people who are believers and in the military because I think it's got to be very difficult to manage both. Like, how do you keep God and family first when, when essentially like a government is like, I own you, you know? 
It's like they say you can't serve two masters and everybody always thinks they're talking about money. Has clearly never been active duty. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I admire you active duty service members. Thank you for your service. And and wives who who love and serve the Lord simultaneously because that's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, so if you're in one of these difficult seasons and you're like, this is hard, like, how am I to be thankful for this? How am I supposed to consider it all joy? Like, whatever. I hope these testimonies will speak to you. But also going to Job, I remember anytime I was having a hard time in life, people are like, oh, you should read Job. And it's like, it's kind of annoying, right? But at the same time, I'm here to say this. I love Job chapter 38 onward, where the Lord is answering Job. 37 chapters prior to this, Job is like losing everything in his life. And Job 38 onward, the Lord is answering Job and just reminding him, like, are you taking all these things into consideration? Like, no, you're not. So anyways, I encourage you to go read Job, um, especially chapter 38 onward, where the Lord is answering him because there's a lot of richness in there. And Robbie, um, you brought up a couple of scripture verses that you wanted to reference that came to mind when you were thinking about this um, idea of just being thankful for stuff that maybe isn't going your way necessarily. Yeah. Proverbs twenty twenty four. a man's steps are from the Lord. Then how can man understand his way? That's, that's really powerful in that God sees the whole picture. You know, he's omnipotent and omniscient. He, he sees all the things. We only see what's directly in front of us. Um, God sees the backside of the bear traps that we find ourselves getting into. So when the Lord does step in, intervene, and cause what we would perceive to be a failure in order that it would be a greater success. Taking the time to look back and and reflect on it is usually like a really, really wonderful feeling. Um, it's almost like reverse faith. <laughs> and then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That's that looking back thing. And then when you look back and see where the Lord has intervened in these ways, it gives you a tangible foundation to look forward and be able to step out in faith. Like, well, you know, God stepped out for me before. He's probably going to step out for me again. I give him that opportunity and not foolishly so, but in faith. Right. I think I talk about this with my clients a lot where we get to choose which mountain of evidence we're going to continue to build and to focus on. And I think every single one of us, if we actually took time to sit down and think about all the ways that like God did make our paths straight and that God has been there and that God has been faithful, then we can build quite a mountain of evidence. And even if it's a small little mountain right now and the other one seems bigger, we can choose to look at that mountain that is God's truth and is God's faithfulness and then continue to act and have faith based on that. And I love I love the plan or the part here where it talks about in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And that just brings up Proverbs 16, three for me, commit your work to the Lord and your plans mm. will be established. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to the verse in Matthew um, about seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I think it's Matthew six thirty three, and, and it's about keeping your focus on him and, and why? Why do we do that? Because Psalm 33, 4, the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. In Psalm eighteen thirty, God 
This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. And I think that's just a really beautiful picture and a fabulous reminder of what we talked about in the beginning, Isaiah 55, 8, for the thoughts are not, for my thoughts, meaning God's, are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And so just holding on, holding fast to that truth that is in scripture and, and you can go do your own research and come up with your own scriptures, just reminding yourself of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I think so much can come from that and you can really find yourself in that James 1-2, like Robbie said at the beginning. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. nothing. <laughs> Amen. Well, God bless you, sisters. I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving if you're here in the U.S. And if you're not, then I pray that God blesses you abundantly. Have the best day.